Lord, you brought me from sorrow and pain. You were there every time I called. You reached out and lifted me. But today, Lord, just let me fall. Let me fall in love with you all over again. Let me know you as never Just cold esteem, but the springtime brought strength to stand tall. For too long, a summer without any rain. What's left, Lord, but to have a great fall? Let me fall in love with you all over again. Let me know you as never before. And let me This morning feeling fine I woke up with heaven on my mind Oh, I woke up with joy in my soul Cause I knew the Lord had control Well, I knew I was walking in the light Cause I'd been on my knees in the night And I'd pray till the Lord gave a sign
all the time oh we're walking and talking as we climb yes we're traveling a road to the sky where i know i'll live when i die oh he's been telling me all about that land oh and he tells me that everything is grand and he says that home will be mine oh and now i'm feeling mighty fine oh yes i'm feeling mighty fine feeling mighty fine heaven on my all the time oh we're walking and talking as we climb oh we're traveling a road to the sky where i know i'm gonna live when i die oh he's been telling me all about that land oh and he tells me that everything is grand and he says that home will be mine Everything and I will 
rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be. The wind started violently 
Not one word of God has changed. Every promise still remains. Who he was, he is today. Not one word of God has changed. Let's do that again. Oh, not one word of God has changed. Oh, every promise, it still remains. Who he was, he is today. Not one word of God has changed. not just history that we're reading it's still living it's still breathing and in its pages we can hear God's voice not one time has it ever come back void cause not one word of God It's where I learned to love my enemies. And no one's ever out of reach. Each line has the power to change regret. It reminds me there's no sin he won't forget. Cause not one word. God changed oh every promise it still remains who he was he is today not one word of God has changed oh who he was he is today
seas that are shaking and stirred Can be calmed and broken for my regard And through it all, through it all My eyes are on you And through it all, through it all It is well
with me. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or save him, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. When there's a better life, yes, there's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, shaking savior if you've got chains he's a chain breaker we've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight we've all run to things we know that just ain't there's a better life yes there's a better life and if you've got pain he's a pain taker if you feel lost he's a way maker if you need freedom or save them he's a prison shaking savior if you've got chains you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, Testify if you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Yes, if you need freedom or save him, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain.
you today, if you will, I want you to look past me today, and I want you, I know you need to every week, but this week especially, over what I'm going to talk to you about it, because God put this up on my heart, and I know that it's what God is saying to me, and I don't know who it's pointing to, but it is pointing today, okay? Don't get nervous, but sometimes messages point right at you. And I can't stop that. I've had them point at me before. And they had no idea who was talking that they were pointing at me. But they were pointing at me. And one of the things, and I titled this, The Call of those of, of His Purpose, According to His Purpose and Grace. The Call. I want you to hear the call. Because there's a call upon the lives of God's people. 
If you come into the presence of God and you repent of your sin and you come to be a child of God, listen to me, it's not a ticket to sit somewhere and wait for the end of time to come. It is a ticket for you to grab a hold of and get a hold of who you are in Christ because he has called us. I don't know if you know that or not, and I don't want you to look at me and think, oh, that's you, that's your call, or that's a call on you. No, I can tell you my call, and I can tell you, and I'm ashamed sometimes of the stumbling and the years. If you're a teenager up into your 40s, at least, that's who I thought of this week. If you're a teenager and up and into your 40s and you know that God is dealing with you and he's been dealing with you ever since you came to Christ, I want you to hear something. You need to understand the enemy is trying to hold you down. He doesn't want you to step out and to say, I want to do something for you, Lord. Lord, work in me. And the most of you already know this. I don't have to tell you. Nobody else has to tell you. The Holy Spirit's already been working on you, but you have a way of setting things aside and waiting for a later date. I'm too busy right now. My fleshly life is full of things. I've got so much on my plate, I ain't got time to think about what does God want me to do. But God is trying his best to tell you, let go of the world. Take the chains off. Let go and let God have his way in your life. Now, I don't know how else to say it, but that's the way I see think that God has showed it to me. He's showing me that we have people in this church right here, and they're all over our nation. And you know why the church is going seemingly farther and farther away from the revivals and from the times of serving God? You know why our young people are losing hope? Because our people that are growing up in the church are not accepting the call of what God has given them to do. I'm sorry to tell you, and don't think that I've covered all my grounds. I want to tell you something. I'm striving and fighting to do what God has given me. But some of you already know the gospel as well as I do because you have the witness inside of you. The Holy Spirit's been dealing with you all your life. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are preachers. Some of you are singers. Some of you are, but a lot of the time, no matter what God's called you to do, you're stepping back. Oh, I don't want to get too involved. It'll take too much of my time. I'm too busy. God didn't give you all those things in your life to keep you away from him. You may call them your blessings, but let me tell you something. There was nothing more important than the gospel. I thought about something that was said the other day. Why did Stephen have to die so young? Why did Stephen have to give one message and leave this life? He was so full of faith and so full of love and so full of the gospel. But he preached one message and he died. Why? Because it ain't about Stephen. Can I tell you? It ain't about you. But it is about your call of God using you of what you're to do. Stephen did exactly what he was supposed to do. He spoke up for the gospel. He spoke up and told them about the, the heritage they had and brought them to the day when he said, And Jesus is him, but you always do refuse. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised. You refuse the gospel. Hey, I'm 
I'm hard to, done hollering at you. I'm going to read scripture to you. But I want you to hear this because all the way back in Proverbs 1, and I'm not going to stay there. I want you to turn to Romans 8 if you got it. But in Proverbs 1, God said this. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. How many know that's sad? How many knows God is calling people? But you refuse. You step back. No, not me. Can I tell you something? I've said this to myself. I'm not good enough. I don't have the heart that my father had. I don't have the heart that, that I know that my pastor from before, Asbury Tavern, I don't have that heart. God, you have, to, you have to be talking to somebody else. You can't be talking to me. I'm quiet. I, couldn't, I can't get up in front of people. God knows, knows exactly what he's doing in your life. And it ain't how good you do it. It's just being obedient and being willing to step in to the call that God puts up on you. And I don't have no idea what's sitting here. See, there may be a lot of people that you would not say, oh, yeah, get that person to do it. No, that person will run from you. That person will hide if they just think you're looking for somebody. And if you ask them, they tell you they love God. Oh, I'm willing to whatever God wants me to do. Let me tell you something. The enemy's trying his best to stamp you down, keep you down. But the call has done gone out. If you're a child of God, listen to me. Look past this ticket to wait that I go to heaven. Look past that because if you want to win those around you, if you want to win your children, you need to accept the call of what's happening in your life. Because you have no idea. All you think about is, I don't know if I can do it. I'm burdened. It ain't you anyway. It's him that does it. And all you do is be obedient and watch it win your children. It'll convince your children that God is in you. And they'll begin to get hungry for what you're doing. And they'll begin to get apart. And all of a sudden, you'll look back and you'll say, Lord, look at what you've done. See, I remember when our father stepped out. He was in his 50s. And he, he had preached before, but he said, God told him to take a little church. We'd all grew up at Asbury. We wasn't ready to leave. Betty, we wasn't ready to leave. But our daddy was going out to take a little church. We showed up with just a handful of people there. Most of them us. And you know what? We all, even all of us wasn't there. But we tried to follow daddy. But I know when I watch my father sit back here, I can still see him sitting on a stump way back in the back when they bought this land and built this church. Why would he sit back there? He'd sit back there and cry because he knew it wasn't him. He'd been running from God himself to take that call. But when God called him, God did the work that needed to be done. And he knew it wasn't him, it was God. See, God knows the heritage. He knows what he's trying to do in your life. But we're God's children. We have to accept and believe him and trust him. Trust him. Young people, listen to me. Don't be afraid to say I'm a child of God. 
Don't be afraid to say, Lord, you tell me to do something, I will do it. I may look stupid. I may act stupid. Everybody in the world, all my friends will make fun of me. Even church friends will make fun of me. But say, guess what? You be obedient to God and see what God will do in your life. Try it. Step in there. Romans 8. I'm going to read a scripture you've heard all your life. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. How many hears it? Are you the called? Yes, you are. Let me tell you, you are the called. I can't tell you what you're supposed to do. I can't tell you to be a pastor. I couldn't follow my dad's footsteps. You may think I'm doing my dad's footsteps, but I, can I tell you, I couldn't walk in his shoes. I couldn't be him when I got here. You got to understand, God's got his own personal call upon you. He's got his own personal places for you to go and for you to work. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, how many knows God already knows you? He already foreknew you. Him he foreknow, he also did predestinate. That means he predetermined. He predetermined that when you gave your heart to God and you came to him with your heart, guess what? I got a plan for you. It's already predetermined. I already know where you're going. I know what I want to do in you. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called. And whom he has called, them he also justified. What does that justified mean? That means he makes you innocent. Praise God, I ain't guilty before God no more. See, if you answer the call of what God wants you to do, he cleans your slate. Because he's going to work with somebody that's following him. Somebody with a pure heart. Somebody that wants to be what God wants. Wants to be in the image of God's son. He will justify you. And you don't feel just. You don't feel innocent. Quit getting on your old feelings and say, oh, but I know what I did. Yeah, you do, but so does God. And he says, I forgive it and I forget it. It's past. I start a new life in Jesus Christ. Then he says, them whom he is justified, them also he glorified. That means he makes it a glorious walk. He makes you a glorified person. You're glorified in the fact that you're living for God. The things that people look at you and say, that man must love God. That woman must really love God. We can look back at our parents, Jimmy, and know that they lived for God. And know that they weren't perfect. Sometimes they was too nice to us. They should have whipped our high heads more. But the truth is, sometimes they were too good to us. But they might have had their faults. But let me tell you something. They loved God. And you would see them on their knees. And you would see them in the, in the prayer room praying and calling upon God. And every time we had a sorrow and a hurt in the body of our family, they would be crying out for God to rescue them and restore them.
Praise God for what Jesus Christ. You know, I could go into talking about people being called. You could go all the way back through Abraham. You can go to Moses. You can go to Gideon. You can go all over the place in Scripture. And you can find some people that God specifically spoke their names and called them out. But I want to talk to you about Jesus. See, Jesus came on the scene, and he lived 30 years in obedience to his parents, in obedience to his heavenly father, until the father said, I called you and sent you for a purpose. And now it's time for you to step up and work your purpose out. How many knows he was the Messiah that came? How many knows that John the Baptist was before him? He was six months older than Jesus was. Six months older. So right around 31 and a half, John the Baptist, at usually around 30 is when they step out as, uh, away from the home. And he stepped out at 30, and at 31 and a half, they cut his head off for being the forerunner of Jesus Christ. But then when Jesus Christ come, he preached three and a half years, and then they crucified him. But he did his call. He did his mission. He did what he was called, sent for. He was sent to do a, a, a call in his life, and he did it. And guess what? You got a call. I don't know what you think it is, but it's not being American. As much as I love to be an American. It's being a child of God, and Lord, what do you want me to do? See, there's places you go I can't go. There's things God wants you to do that you can do in an influence that I couldn't do. And God's trying to tell you that today. He's trying to tell his church that today. Why? Because somebody said something the other day. Bondi or somebody said it the other night. Where is the called young people? Where are they that God's rearing them up? Preparing them for their call. Listen to me, young people. I know moms and dads want you to go to college and make money and pay your own bills and all that stuff. But can I tell you something? Jesus has a plan you don't ever see until you step in and let him walk with you. And you let him guide your life. I, I was doing things that I didn't know why I was doing it, but it was in my heart to do. I wanted to sing. I didn't know how to sing. Becky taught me into singing. Her and Sue put up with me. I couldn't do nothing but sing lead. Then I couldn't remember half the words. They put up with me. They taught me. And I began to sing. I thought, well, maybe that's what God wants me to do. But can I tell you something? God was just using that as a first step. He uses things as steps in your life. Be obedient today at what God's doing. I ain't asked you to come up here and take my job yet. If God calls you there, I tell you right now, I'm not to be the one in your way. You'll be fighting yourself and every enemy in hell to come, to come and do what God's telling you to do. But it's worth it all because that's what God gave you life for. That's what he gave you life and life more abundantly for. I want you to turn to Mark, the first chapter. I'm not going to be long. I know it's late. Some things are more important than eating. I know it. You ain't going to believe it. It's true. Except when I'm hungry. In Mark, the first chapter, 
I want to talk about Jesus. Why? Jesus called some young people. Listen to what I'm telling you now. Young people, listen to what I'm telling you. You may have a job. You might work at, at McDonald's. You might work at Walmart. You might work anywhere. I don't really care where you work. It doesn't really matter. But you might think, well, that's just a trivial job until I'm on my way to something better. And I'm going to tell you something. These young men in this, in this first chapter of Mark, they were doing a job. And I want you to listen. Look at verse 14, Mark 1. It says, Now after that John was put into prison, and Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, which is really Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, listen, come ye after me. Now let me tell you what the call is. The call is, come ye after me. Jesus is saying, come after me. Young people, that's the only call you need. All you got to hear is Jesus say, come after me. He might not give you the details of what's going to happen in your life. He won't tell you about the doors that you don't see down the road. He won't tell you, maybe give you a, a special call and say, this is what you're going to do. No, he will lead you. But he's first saying, the call is, come after me. Come after me and I will make you a, become a fisher of men. And straightway, as straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, thence he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother who were also, or who were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went, what? After him. How many knows? Four men, the first four of disciples that are called. The first four, four of them are, are all fishermen. You think they didn't need their money? You think they didn't need what they was doing? They were working at it. They was working hard at it. But Jesus called them by name, and he called them out. Now listen to me. There's only... I think seven of the disciples that it's listed how Jesus called them. The other five, it doesn't tell. He just mentions them that when he called his disciples together, he chose 12. And it mentions all the different ones. But he mentions seven of them. The next two was in John, the first chapter, 43rd verse. It said the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and finds Philip and said unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip finds Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. How many knows he called him personally? And you remember the story, Philip went and got Nathaniel, and Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of uh, Nazareth? You remember that story. Well, guess what? Nathaniel's real goes by the name other places. 
because some of these had surnames, just like it says Simon was Peter. Jesus called him Peter, but his name was Simon, and he also called him Cephas at times. Andrew, I don't see no other name. James and John's were called the sons of Zebedee or the sons of thunder. Why? Because they were short-tempered and ready to fire off. But he called them that. Philip, and then he says Bartholomew's listed. He's listed. Bartholomew's listed all along there, and he's listed along with Philip. You know why? Because Nathaniel's name was also called Bartholomew. Now you're starting to see it. There's other places that they would call them by different names. They had more than one name, or it was translated different. Matthew was called Levi, or the publican. Thomas was called Didymus. James uh, was the, James the Less, they called him, or James the son of Alphaeus. And then there was a Simon that was called Zealot. And that meant he was from a zealous group. They were always striving to, to know all the things that was going on and to get involved in stuff. Another one was called the last, or the second to the last, was Judas. This is not Judas Iscariot. This is another. This is a brother of James, James the Less. And he's also named Jude. That's where the book of Jude is written. And it's also... He's the brother of James, and he's also called Thaddeus in places. Some of you have heard that. I, had a, I worked with a guy named Thaddeus, and that comes right out of Scripture. But he was, his, he was called as Judas, and the last one was Judas Iscariot, which is the one that betrayed him. Now, how many knows there's 12 he called? I want you to turn to Luke 12. This is where my message was. I know it's late, and I'm going to skip through some of this, but listen. I want you to look at it. Luke, the sixth chapter, I want you to look at verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, Jesus did, and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Listen to me. He named them disciples, but he also called them apostles. But how many sees that Jesus chose 12? Listen to what I'm telling you, because it's going to come up again. He chose 12. Then he names them. He, he goes through the names. I won't go through them again. I just read them. Then I want you to go all the way down and look at 620. Because Jesus came off the mountain, and he came off the mountain with the disciples, but he got down there, he began to have a crowd gathering around, and they were bringing sick to him, and those that would cast out devils, and he was preaching to them. Well, this all's going on, and all of a sudden, look at verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are ye, blessed be ye the poor, for, the, uh, your, for yours is the kingdom of God. What did he start to do here? Number one, I want you to hear this. The rest of Luke 6, he's talking to his disciples. I want you to hear something. Why is he talking to his disciples? Because they not only got the call, but he's also going to tell them how you're to be. When he starts talking about beatitudes, that's the attitude you're to be. He's telling them what kind of a change it's going to go on in their life. 
Now listen to what he's saying. If you go on down to 27, it talks about, but I say unto you, which here love your enemies. What's he talking about? He's talking about the law of love. He's teaching his disciples, you're going to have to love. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Can I tell you something? As a disciple, quit looking at the, at the call that you want. Yeah, uh, how about they put me in Hawaii somewhere, some real nice place, and just call me a, a pastor and, a, and, you know, just give me the nice cushy chair and, the, and I'll preach short sermons and we'll be over. But you know what? God don't call you there, does he? He don't call you where you might want to go. He don't tell you pick a place and I'll bless you there. No, he tells you where you're going. And he tells you how to act. And he's learning. He is preparing you for your tomorrow. Whether you know it, these disciples, he spends the rest of that chapter preparing his disciples for they will take his place when he's gone. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Don't you know that everybody above you is leaving this life? I don't care what their calling is. I don't care how blessed they are. I don't care how many gifts they got. Can I tell you something? You need to follow God yourself because God has preparation for all of us to fit into this body and to work in his house and to work your calling. It's not something you can put off without you put off God. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You want to set God on the back burner and live your life and come up the last minute and say, oh, Lord, I really loved you. I really wanted to go and do a lot of things for you, but I just had a real busy life. No, I'm going to tell you something. God's called you for a purpose. I don't care where you work. I don't care who you work with. God's called you to be there. And he's waiting for you to be obedient to the call. Because if you be obedient to the call, watch the doors swing open. Watch the places God will take you. You sometimes may not be happy about where you're at. You may not like what has happened in your life. Some people had some hard things happen in their life. But can I tell you something? God's got plans. He's got plans to win souls. DJ said something the other night. DJ, I went home. I told Shirley right off the bat. She asked me how the service went. I said, DJ said something that struck me right in the heart. He said, I wondered if I loved the lost souls like I should. DJ, when you said that, I thought, oh, God, where's the call for the love of lost souls? Where's the call of our young people to go and rescue their other young people? They, don't you realize God brought them into life too? And he wants to bless them and he wants to rescue them from their self. But they don't see no hope. They don't see no way. They're waiting on somebody their age or somebody that will understand where they're at to tell them, please come and follow me. I'm going to follow Jesus. Come and follow me. Let me take you to, this, to a place where the Spirit of God will speak to your soul and love you and show himself to you. He talked about the law of love. He talked about being merciful for your Father in heaven's mercy. Judge not that you be not condemned. And then he said, condemn not. And then he said, forgive and you'll be forgiven. 
Then he said something that really nobody really ever wants to hear, and you ain't usually going to hear it here. You're going to usually hear it in your prosperity preaching. But I'm going to read it because I really don't think it has anything to do. It's could You could have uh, put a little money on that. I, I really don't. I'm not going to condemn the what God's doing. But listen what it says. You've heard this all your life. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. Boy, you're talking about a prosperity. I've heard every prosperity preacher preach that. That God just wants, if you'll give, it's going to come back to you, pressed down, and all of this stuff together. Can I tell you what that's going on? What really was going on at that time, they wore these robes. And when they wore these robes, and they flipped that robe around, and they had a belt on, and they would hold that belt up. And I've watched my Aunt Ruth. You've seen her, Jimmy, down there in, in the country. Every time I'd pull in, she'd be out there with that apron up, and she'd be filling the beans in it, and she's filling the stuff that she had in there, and she's walking from the garden to get them back home. You say, why didn't she go buy one of them wheelie baskets? Well, they didn't have wheelie baskets. She just did what she had. She'd go out to check them, and if she saw they was ripe, they was coming out of there. And she'd pull them right then. But I've seen her many times have that folded up, and you know what? They did that back then. And then, and what he's telling, he says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. More or less, give what you're supposed to give. Don't just throw a little bit. They held their thing out because they wanted their fair share of what they were getting. And when they got their fair share, they made sure it was shook down. They made sure it was pressed down. And they wanted it running over. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Do you know that God will give back to you more than you could ever give to him? You can't. Larry used to say it all the time. You can't outgive God. Whatever you give, it ain't money. God's after your, he's not after your money. He's after you. He wants you, young people, give yourself to him. And watch what he will bring back to you. It ain't money that he's looking, you're looking for. You're looking for his blessing upon your life. You're looking for him to rescue your, your children. You're, really, you're looking for him to answer your prayer and the power of the Spirit of God to work in your life. Because you can help people then. You'll be walking like your Savior, the, in the image of the Savior. That's who you'll be walking like. He wasn't after their money. Praise God. And in 640, he said to disciples, not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. You got to be like Jesus. Whatever it costs you. Whatever it costs Jesus to fulfill his call, he did it. What's it going to cost you? Oh, I might have to give up something. You ain't never gave nothing up. God won't reward you. You just be obedient and you follow him. Fall in love with him. Make him the treasure of your heart. And see what he'll do in you. John 15, he said... You are my friends, verse 14 of chapter 15. You are my friends 
If you do whatsoever I command you. How about that? I'll count you my son if you'll do what I tell you. Well, that, that sounds a little hard, don't it? But how many knows he wants to give you all of that blessing upon your life. He wants to give you all of that good, fulfilled, called life. But see, you've got to put him first. If you'll do what he says, it will come. He said, I'll call you a servant because the servant don't know what the master's doing. Master, the master, my bosses never tell me what's going on. They just tell me do what I told, what they told me to do. You know? But the servant don't know what the master does. But he said, I call you friends. Great God. I don't know why he calls me a friend. I don't know why he loved me. Do you know why he loved you? Is it because I'm a good person? No. He loved this world. He gave his life for it. And he loves this church. And he loves people that falls in love with him. And if you refuse, guess what? Somebody will blow right by you. You see that on the expressway. They'll blow right by you. Because somebody's after Jesus. Coming after, I'm going after Jesus. That's all that matters in my life. I'm going after Jesus. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth, go and bring forth fruit. I like that because I wanted to read this one scripture. John 17, 18, a couple chapters over. As thou hast sent me, Jesus is talking to his heavenly father. He said, Father, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them. Who's them? Them 12. He said, I'm sending them into the world just like you sent me into the world to preach your truth. The world can't handle the truth. If you don't want to live right, you don't want to hear the truth. Light's shining on you and you don't like it. Let me tell you something. It's all of us. We're all in the same basket. If I'm not doing right and the light shines, it bothers me. Okay, we got to cut it short. I know you're saying it's too late. 1 Corinthians one twenty six. he said, For you see your calling, brethren, Paul said it, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You look at them disciples, and you realize Paul knew what he was talking about. Paul was somebody that had all that wisdom, had all of that teaching and knowledge of religious ways and stuff. Yet he's saying, he's saying, look, brethren, you don't see those, those wise, wise in the flesh people that he calls or the mighty or the noble. They're not the ones being called. It's the one that will fall in love with Jesus and will surrender their self to him. Say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do I want to come after you, and I want to follow you close as I know how. Paul said in Philippians, 
Brother, I count myself not to have apprehended this one thing. I forget, forgetting those things that are behind, I reach forth unto those things that are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in God. Wow. High calling of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know what you're looking at, but when I look at those words, I can tell you them are not just Paul's words. Them are the Holy Spirit speaking to every soul in here that will come after him. I don't, I don't go around judging how good you're doing or how bad you're doing. Sometimes I can tell you're backing away or you're having a hard time. But sometimes when the enemy's fighting the most is when God's trying to get you to make a decision in your life. I'm telling you, make a choice. Jesus, I want to come after you. I want you to call my name. Lord, what is my call? What do you want me to do, Lord? I am not going to sit and make more excuses for why I don't do nothing. I need to do something. My generation's hurting. My family's hurting. My, my grandchildren are hurting. What do I do? Do I sit and make excuses? Do I say, I already done my part. Let somebody else worry about it. No. Jesus followed it all the way to the death door. And that's our call. I'm going to stop there as much as I'd like to read the rest of this. Come on back up, Matthew. In 2 Timothy, Paul was talking to a young minister. Listen to what he said to him. He said, preach the word, Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Then he talked about the time that will come that they won't endure sound doctrine. Down to verse 5, he said, watch thou in all things, endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. And Peter said this, Wherefore, the brethren, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Why am I saying all those things? When you get up and you decide, Lord, I'm going to follow you close. I'm coming after you, Lord, with all my heart. I can't look back and tell what my children will do and my grandchildren. I'm so proud of them sometimes. But I can't live on what they're living. I have to live on what God gave me to do. And they have to find their way. And they have to grab a hold of God and say, Lord, I know you're real and I know you're alive. And I know you spoke my name. Now help me to grow. Help me to become somebody that knows how to love their enemies and somebody that knows what it means to reach out to a lost soul and to help somebody that's being destroyed by this world. That's what Jesus called us to be. We're his disciples. I don't know if you know that or not. If you're here and you know him as your Savior, you're his disciple. Don't, don't, 
let the enemy tell you you ain't good enough. You never was good enough, neither was I. But I still got a witness inside of me that Jesus spoke to my heart and he spoke to me. And he called me out of it. And he told me to live for him. Praise God. He loves you with an everlasting love. He has greater plans than you have. And God's not against you. He's not against your plans. He's not against your family. He gave you everyone in your family for your purpose. If you're a child of God, guess what he wants you to do? Some of them you're going to have to pray a lot. Some of them you're just going to have to hold on to. Some of them may not be now. It may be later. Bonnie said something this morning. My children's going get, to get back with God, but it may not happen in my lifetime. It might happen when I'm gone. It's happened many times. That way I've seen it. And I would think about the rejoicing that would be going on with that loved one that had that faith believing. How heaven would be rejoicing. Because all of a sudden, child of God walking on the shores of Galilee, shores up in heaven would be shouting and, sh and praising God. You know why? I think somebody let them know it. Somehow they knew their loved one came to God. We're going to have them little spells every once in a while, Connie. Even in heaven. Praise God. Everybody stand if you judge anybody but if you are not ready for heaven or if you know God's telling, talking to your heart today and you want to come and pray let God's people come together with you it ain't it ain't it ain't us it's this presence of God in those that know the call and know the cry your cry will awaken the master it was some today and he'll begin to move in your life don't, something else will take its place. I don't know who I'm talking to. Can I tell you? I have no idea. I cannot point people out, but I can tell you there are young people here that knows a lot of Bible. They know scripture. They know God's voice. They know God's spirit. Can I tell you something? I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're your child, my child, or whose child they are. Can I tell you something? God trying to call somebody out and say step up step up and step in for what I'm doing in your life while they sing he come. compels me to go when I would rather stay he sent me a valley again today my self determined will 
keeps tearing me apart. But when the work's completed, I'll have a servant's heart. Oh, I want a servant's heart. Find me faithful, trusting only you. Take all that I have been, for there your will to start. Then I'll have no other master with this servant's heart. I want. Servant's heart, and I will gladly bear the markings of one held captive yet free. It's not my will, but Oh. 